always just give Puck's team, you know, play the corners hard and see if good things will happen for him. Yep. We are back. It is episode 97 of Just Dishing It. And it's funny that episode 97 is going to have a topic related to something that a guy who's pretty good at hockey who wears that number said. I think it was today. It had to be this morning. Anyways, um, we'll get to that, gentlemen. Um, Minorly somber thing here just to get it out of the way. I just, I need, I need your guys' opinion on something. I don't know if I'm a bad person or not. I need help with this. I had a pit stop today, uh, old boss of mine, you know, kind of a ball buster, but, you know, mentor of mine early, you know, when I got away from the trades, working with my dad and stuff like that, um, passed away, went to the, you know, wake funeral, you know, the wake part and, you know, you're in line and then you go up, you take a knee at, you know, the casket or whatever. Like I said, the guy's a ball buster and everything, but you know, I'm kneeling down and it just, I got washed over with this, this sense of, I, uh, I just needed to say this thing. Couldn't help myself. I leaned in and I said, who's thinking outside the box now, Gary. <laughs> I think it's incredible. I do. Especially, especially, power move. especially if he's a ball buster too, because I think a lot of people would take something like that the wrong way. But not in, in all reality, right? Like whenever something serious happens and you're feeling a little bit of anxiety, you're feeling a little down. Isn't it always nice when someone can crack that one thing that they know is going to make you smile, right? <laughs> it's the best, dude. Like, that's, it's just the best feeling. Like when you're feeling so shitty about something and the, the right person knows what to say to you. And, like, I mean, I, I think that's perfect, right? No, especially, yeah. if, especially if the dude was a ball buster. That didn't really happen. That was just a dad joke. I just oh, wanted to do it. Damn, dude. Was that it? Was good. <laughs> was it? You weren't at work today either. I was like, what? Yes, man. I was. You had oh, okay, us. Okay. You had us. I was busy today, Willie. I had a lot of meetings today. You yeah, must okay. have been running around, yeah. huh? Yeah, Benny set his calendar to uh to busy and he was just out and about, you know, hitting the simulators, <laughs> taking a three hour lunch. You know how it is. Me and to plot to us, me and Willie pretended we were both not there and we played a shit ton of ping yeah. pong all day. I'm kind of yeah. pissed off that you got me on that. <laughs> I just let it keep going. I'm like, yeah. I just gotta let this go. Willie's gonna have fun with this clip if he wants to use it. Oh, yeah, man. I was gonna say it's just gonna be your face on the whole feed this time. It's gonna be uh, amazing. Damn, boys, that's great. Anyways, um, we're back. It's it's 97. Um, Willie, you played some golf today, buddy. How was it? How did, how was yeah, it? Uh, it was good. It was free golf, uh, Delaware oh. Park. So mm. you don't Shout know Delaware Park. Yeah, you don't know what's gonna happen there. Had a good round, drove the green on one. Hey, mm. really, you know, it's gotta be Wait, when, when you say one, do you mean one of the holes or the first hole? First hole. So I was like, all right, here we go. Like, it's got to oh, be down, someone's day. Why not? Downhill. It's either someone's day or it's downhill isn't from there. Isn't the first hole there like a 110 yard par three? Yeah, 285 par four, but <laughs> one, of one of the same. One of the same. 
Look at you. I've been I've been doing my push-ups at night, and I've been getting like five more yards. Could be placebo, but we're gonna go with it. Oh, no, it man. was it was good. It's dude, March getting out there is free golf. Not oh, yeah. much more I can ask for. Quick nine oh. holes with the fellers after work. So so I've never actually done that, Willie. Is it? Do they get upset if people go out there? Like, are you not supposed to, but just nobody's there to stop you? Or, I, yeah, I don't think you're. Scooter, you don't ask questions that you don't want to know the answer. No, I, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just genuinely curious. I'm just busting your it's, balls. It's different, right? Like, so I used to work at a course, and like we would tell people when it's open or when it's not, and if it's not open, like we'll straight up stop you. But Delaware Park, it's a public, it's a public right. park, right? So yeah. It's just, it's open to the public whenever. I mean, you guys have played golf there where you're like in the middle of the fairway and you got somebody like walking their dog or having a picnic in the fairway. Like you said last week, Benny, it's like, I almost hit a kid one time walking back from class from UB. Yeah. It's like textbooks in his hand and everything. It was unbelievable. He's lucky. I hit a slice and not a hook. You'd have been done for the old duck hook. But no, it's a good time. But you really don't know what you're going to get. There is a par three out there. I mean, luckily there wasn't kids out there today. But 100, <laughs> 130 yards to the hole, 145 to a soccer field. Yeah. You're And if it's full that day, there's people around it, and they're even closer. So it's, Hey, you're either so, hitting, you're hitting so the green I, or you're going bar down, one of the two. Like, <laughs> so I, I remember that park. We, we used to come out here in high school, and – play baseball against Canisius High School. And Canisius High School, their home field mm. is Delaware Park, uh, the two baseball fields around the running track. Yep. And it was hilarious because the first time we ever came out to Buffalo to play them, our left fielder's out there, and he's, you know, just hanging out out there. And all of a sudden, there's a golfer in, like, the middle of April or May, like, 15 yards behind him hitting his approach shot and my buddy's like what the hell is going on here like <laughs> kids playing left field and he's got a golfer trying to play through him like i get a little relief here yeah <laughs> nope that's i hit it off of frankenstein's fat foot yeah right <laughs> oh, that's funny as shit um no, but you don't you don't know what you're gonna get there and it's just five minutes away i'm, I'm able to play it and get some swings I'm, in yeah, I've been tossed. I, well, they tried to toss me before work. They had the mowers out, and that's probably when you shouldn't go. But I was out there, and I was like, I'm getting nine holes in. And they're like, not till seven. And I'm 645. I'm standing on the first tee pretending like I can't hear them. But it is what it is. It's that commitment that we're talking about, Willie. You're the guy that's there before the guy mowing. I don't want it more. It's not that you want to be rude and you just want to pretend you it's not that you didn't hear him. You're on a tee box. You're you're you don't hear anything. That's I'm in my own zone. I'm in my own zone. I couldn't hear you. Sorry. Oops. Yeah. Just mowing good. the fairway in front of me. Oh, I yeah. didn't see you. Sorry. And you know when he mows that, that might be easier for your round, but you want the challenge. It's perfect. It's yeah. perfect. Except I, when you're I, on the I greens, want, you get a little extra. You get way. a little extra. That's right. I little, want the people. You put a little Dijon on the putter there when he's uh, before he mows. A little Vaseline. Yeah. Um. So I touched on um. What was the second golf thing? Oh, was, you guys said Ricky Fowler. Ricky Ricky Fowler. Uh, big win today. First round of the Dell match play. 
Mm. Uh, he took John Rahman, beat him two and one to advance, and number one Ricky's, ranked John Rahm. That guy, uh, number two number right two. now in the world behind oh, Scotty uh, yeah, Scheffler. Right. But yeah, I mean John Rahm, just incredible run of golf the last really eighteen months, two years, and yeah, Ricky Fowler took him down two and one today, and the match play is a fun event. It's a different format, but this is huge for Ricky because. Ricky's really on a nice comeback tour right now. His swing looks great. He's got a funky putter going on right now, but he's holding putts again. Funky like putter. Like, oh, yeah. Like, like totally a putting great. stroke or his putter? No, 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 no. His his physical putter. So Ricky actually used to use a very traditional blade putter, Scotty Cameron. Um, and Shut he up. was – Big blade uh, putter guy. He was, he was money. He was one of the better putters on tour for a while. Similar style to like what Jordan Spieth uses. Um, or mm. Scotty Scheffler, Tiger Woods, you know, that, that, Newport, that Newport style from Scotty Cameron. And then for whatever reason, when when Ricky was, you know, struggling the last few years, he's been playing around with stuff. And actually his caddy had this like prototype, I think, putter. Um, and I believe it's an odyssey, but it's big mallet head weighted. The shaft is very long and it's counterbalanced. So he's not actually like anchoring it to his forearm and using that forward lock press, but it's just kind of that extra long weighted putter to, to help him stay through his stroke. Really? Can we pull um, it up? Yeah, you could pull it up, Willie. That'd be great uh, for anyone watching, but yeah, it's just, it's so different and watching him putt with it. It's wild because he was always just a traditional blade putter. Uh, it's here. like right in his stomach. It's yeah, not. He I just can see it. It's not like it's not. It's not touching him, but it's it's in there. He's, so he's so there's weight up on the handle, so it's yeah. So, so the so metal putter, is lighter. Yeah, putters like that actually a lot of them, and I don't know the specific specs of his, so I won't speak too in detail on it. But most of the putters like that, at the top of the grip, they'll actually put weights in it. So mm. that it counterbalances with the weight of the head, and it kind of helps you just keep your club right through the path on your stroke. Um, gotcha. See, so I put like been, I put like Judge Smells, so I, I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. He's been money, but this tournament's actually huge for Ricky because if he gets to, I believe it's the quarterfinal round or the round of sixteen in the match play it actually puts him back up in the top 50 in the world golf rankings, which would get him an invite to Augusta to play in the masters. So Ricky, Ricky's got a lot on the line, right? Somebody like John Rahm, it really doesn't matter. He's going to be in that tournament anyway, obviously as a competitor, you want to win your matches, but this tournament definitely means a lot to Ricky and his chances. Yeah, it's big. It's really so big. And taken down all I'm hearing early. is all I'm hearing is Ricky's got, a chance to play at Augusta. Ricky's probably maybe bet Ricky this week in some matches. Probably wouldn't hurt. Yeah. Probably okay. would not. Okay. Hurt, yeah. Maybe. Um, we'll see. Keep that I in hope, mind. I hope we didn't just mush him because I do really like Ricky and I hope that he makes a comeback and gets to, you know, that I, I'd love to see him in the top 20. It's impossible um, to mush Ricky Fowler. I know I just, he's had some. I know he's had some, you know, ups and downs in his career a little bit. He's had those struggles, maybe in the majors and stuff like that. He's come. He's one of the guys. He's come so close, kind of thing. Some guys, though, man, I feel like just sometimes there's random golfers that just like they figure it out 
later. And he's I mean, been a stud at, for so long, too. Like, he was in the spotlight pretty young, wasn't he, Ricky? Yeah, in, co- in college, even at Oklahoma State, like, is when he first started playing a lot of these big tournaments. But the thing, too, is, like, he's still relatively young. He's only, he's only, I think, younger. He's not even 35 yet. But, Tudor, really quick, though, you said something. You said he could get back in the top 50 yeah. in the world rankings. Yep. That just with doing good enough, not even winning the right, full thing correct. here, if he, like if he that surprises me because I feel like I haven't heard about him in the past five ish years. Like, where I was used to hearing about him when I was really following golf. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he has struggled, but maybe even year, longer than five years, right? But this year, he's had a lot of really strong finishes. Um, he hasn't won. He hasn't won a tournament yet this year. That's he's, awesome. He's in the mix. He's striking the ball well. He's done a lot of work. Wow. You can see, you know, a lot of changes in his swing. But I'm know, a huge Ricky Fowler fan too, yeah. so that's exciting. It's that's good really for the. Good it's good for the game when guys like Ricky are playing well. Yeah, it's it's yeah I remember kids dressing like him with right. the haircut and the orange and shit and wearing the puma he's, fits. He's just a, just an easy guy to root for, right? Yeah. Like. He had a really cool interview on the the Full Send podcast. I, I listened to some of it actually. Yeah, he's got a boys. lot of content, a lot of content this year, and, and I think that's good because he's yes, he's a golfer and he can step up to a ball and hit it every time. But if you're comfortable enough to be entertaining and you want to get your face out there and be in content, there's a good amount of guys that can choose to stay away from that, but he's opened up to that. And that's, that's really good to see. And I think that it translates to his game pretty well. And he's just more relaxed. Like he looks confident out there, no matter what he's doing, but he looks, he's just cool and collected. Like, what do you, you can't, you can't take him off his game. And especially now that he beat big Dick, Rick beating big dumper, Ron Ron (laughs) is, is a big, big, big thing. Like it's going to be, it's going to be cool how this plays out. I don't. I don't know what's gonna happen, but he's in my corner for sure. For for the for the future, I want to see him get back. Yep, absolutely. How could yeah, like like Tudor was saying, how could you not? He's just such an easy guy to root for. Um, yeah, like this, this isn't Patrick Reed we're talking about. Patrick. <laughs> Patrick Reed, man, he's an interesting cat. That guy. I know we've talked about him before, but interesting cat. Willie, I'm sending something in the chat there um, because, like we mentioned, I mentioned at the top something related to Connor McDavid being it's episode 97. Unless you live under a rock, that's the number Connor McDavid wears. Um, just for anybody who didn't get that reference, I doubt anyone that flew over anyone's head. But either way, um, I came across this and it was really interesting because um, I think it's a very relevant topic to this show as a whole kind of what, you know, in general, what we kind of do here. Um, And also too, um, we, we talk about this in lots of sports, not just, you know, mainly hockey. I would say it's our main one or golf, two of our main sports, but um, it's just really interesting to hear a hockey player talking about the world baseball classic that just finished up. Congratulations to Japan, by the way. Um, That Otani guy's pretty good. And, um, but yeah, if Willie, if you want to play this clip, I think this is from Sportsnet. Yeah, let's see. Him. I thought it was really, really cool. It's what we've been asking for in hockey for a long time, right? Um, you know, it was best on best. And, um, 
you know, look, everyone's talking about baseball, and, you know, did you see, you know, Otani versus Trout? And, you know, that's what hockey's been missing for, you know, almost a decade now. So, um, yeah, that's what we've been that's what we've been asking for. Interesting. See, like, I, and I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that. Whichever one he is wants to go first. I, uh, first of all, Tudor, let's do this actually, because you're more of the baseball world baseball classic for you. Yep. Your thoughts on it, um, everything, wherever you want to go with it, kind of take the floor and kind of tie it into that clip from Connor, if you would, because I think you do that yeah. stuff very eloquently. Yeah. I mean, I, th I think the world baseball classic is, it's an incredible event. So I was very happy to see it back. And you can tell that although they're quote-unquote exhibition games, the players aren't playing them like they're exhibition games. You can see the passion. You can see how much these guys want to win. You can see how emotional they get over big hits or big strikeouts in these games uh, when, when a lot of them otherwise would just be at spring training, right, like any other year. So I thought it was awesome to see that. I think that best on best is always something that fans are going to want to see, especially because we don't always get that during the regular season, right? I mean, the the World Baseball Classic came down to an at-bat against Mike Trout, who's one of the best baseball players of all time, probably the best player in the game today, and mm -hmm. Shohei Otani, who is incredible, his ability to not only pitch and dominate on the mound, but also go out there and just rake at the plate. Uh, just unbelievable two players. But when we look at it, you know, they both play on the Los Angeles Angels together, probably two of the best five baseball players in the world, and they don't even sniff the playoffs. So we don't even get to see those guys play on a big stage in the MLB season. Yet we get to see the two of them in the biggest moment on an international stage, best on best, one-on-one. -on -one. It's it's incredible. It's fun to see. It energizes fans. And that would be awesome to see in hockey, right? To see Connor McDavid throw on that Team Canada jersey and go up head-to-head -head against a stacked United States team with guys like Austin Matthews on the other side, you know, or – you know, a Russian team with guys like Kirill Kaprizov. It's just, it'd be so much fun to watch that. And we just, we don't get to see that kind of competition in hockey. Uh, that being said, I understand the criticism from some of the baseball community, uh, particularly uh, the always whiny New York Mets fans uh, after <laughs> After Edwin Diaz uh, goes down for the season, um, just brutal, brutal and, bottle. And, and it, it's it's a bad bounce, right? And I understand both sides of the argument, right? Because you get people on the Mets saying this is stupid. We just lost the highest paid closer in baseball for the season in an exhibition game, celebrating a win. But on the flip side, it means a lot to those players to represent their country. I can though understand 
from a purely business standpoint, when you take that emotion out of it, if I own a major league baseball team and I'm paying this guy's salary, could that injury happen in a spring training game? Sure. But at least if it happens in a spring training game, from that owner's perspective, it happens in a game that he's playing for my organization, right? And I pay him. Mm-hmm. So if you're the Edmonton Oilers owner and Connor McDavid goes and plays in a best on best tournament for Team Canada, and then he has to miss a season because he, God forbid, tears an ACL or something crazy in that tournament. Mm-hmm. What like what are we what are we doing here? Because I'm paying your contract to play for me. You shouldn't go be you shouldn't be getting hurt playing for something else. So I can I can understand that from the purely business standpoint. It's just a matter of it's emotional, right? If you take the emotions out of it and you look at it from business, the numbers, it doesn't make sense to ever let these guys play in those tournaments. Yeah. But if you listen to what it means to the players, I they they all want to play. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better. And that's why I let. You, that's why I wanted you to do that, buddy. That that's just just fucking nailed it. Um, I say you fucking give it to the man. Let him play whatever they want. I hate. I almost. I almost wonder, and and I don't know the legality of it. Uh, and I'd be this is where I was headed with it. I'd be interested to know with like agents uh, who negotiate contracts or, you know, team attorneys, GMs, everyone that's involved in that. I'd be interested to see if there was a way where obviously it doesn't help your chances of winning if you lose a world class player, but to at least protect you financially. I wonder if there's a way to have like a waiver signed where it's like, hey, Connor McDavid, hey, Mike Trout, you can go play in this tournament if you want. But if you get hurt, you have to forfeit your salary for the amount of time that you're out. And it'd be interesting to see then how many guys want to play. I don't know the legality of that. I I do wonder, too the types of insurance that these owners might have as well. I would like to do a little more digging into that because I know athletes can insure things, right? Like if you're, if you're Tom Brady, you could insure your, your body so that if he went down during his playing career, like he's not out more money than he needs to be. So So crazy to think about. Yeah, it really is. Right. I mean, you know, athletes can, you know, it's like they're they're a sports car basically, and they can they can insure their body as an asset sometimes. What's that so, make me in beer league a used rental car, buddy? I'm like a, I I'm in the junkyard. <laughs> uh, you're the you're the wobbly wheeled cooler that we're carrying all the beer in before the game. Yeah, right. Like if you if you got very a- clear purpose, and it is fucking essential. If you yeah, got a, if you got works, a, <laughs> if you went to get a quote on me, they'd be like, "We're not even going to cover this." <laughs> You're costing me money just standing here. Um, but no, I'd be I'd be interested to see if there's even a way to do that, or how guys, or really legally first how that looks, but then how guys would react, right? If if McDavid was told. Yeah, go play. But if you get hurt, you don't get paid until you come back. Would they still do it? I think a guy like him might because 
he's made enough money or if he even if he missed a full season like his calling to his country yeah like financially he's not hurting but somebody who's on their rookie deal might not be in the same financial situation that he is yeah i just think that's interesting like it kind of puts things into perspective where there's been a lot of turmoil between I'm assuming any major league sports team ever and their players association. Like I'm, I'm sure the constant battle is always going to be there, but the trend, especially with hockey, when it's not going in the way that you want it to go and the viewers are down and it's not exciting for people, you need to start listening just a little bit more. Like you, you need to take their opinions into consideration and right. Maybe they figure out a way to, to merge this into hockey somehow, but like not affiliated with the NHL, they probably don't want any part of it just the same way as if it's a player going to speak on what he truly believes in, they're not going to listen to it. No. And that's like, it's definitely feeding into like a bigger problem, but it's it's just interesting. Like he even said, like it's been something that we've wanted for years now. Like we still talk probably... about TJ Oshie in the shootout. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. that's all we got. That's one it's of like my most fond college memories ever. Is coming oh, back yeah. early in the morning from class and drinking too many beers at early morning hours, watching TJ Oshie take down Team Russia and Sochi in the shootout. Fuck yeah. But so American. people want to people want to see it, right? Like people will watch that. Players want to participate in it. They and want fa- it. And fan engagement is never higher. So I, I did see a couple tweets, and Jared Carabas from Barstool was very outspoken this week. Didn't, in isn't favor he with DraftKings now? Uh, he's Carabas. not with Barstool. I, I don't know. I'd have to look. I th- I'm fairly certain he's still with Barstool. Uh, but Carabas was very outspoken this week on support for the uh oh you're right bunny uh his support for the oh, world baseball classic <clears throat> and essentially what he was saying is he's like this is great for baseball because he looked at and it was specifically social media but it was video views and it showed like there was like three or four plays that happened in this world baseball classic. And then there was moments from the world series last year and the biggest moments from last baseball season in the stats on the engagement of those posts were Mm -hmm. astronomically higher for the world baseball classic Mm -hmm. because you're bringing in fans from everywhere, right? Are the, are Japanese baseball fans going to tune in whenever they can to watch you know, Shohei Otani or any other, you know, Japanese player that came from their leagues over here whenever they can, absolutely they'll tune into Major League Baseball games. Same thing with the South American and Central American fans uh, and fans from the Caribbean when when players that they grew up watching at home make it to the Major Leagues. But it's not always easy for them. Time zones, availability right. of TVs, uh in terms of getting coverage in Licensing other parts of the world, broadcasting right? shit. But when the world great. baseball classic comes on, you bring every fan together to watch one thing, mm-hmm. right? So it's huge. It's huge for the sport. 
and it's huge for growth too. Right? And that's why I don't get not just taking the risk because it th- these these fucking owners and everybody obviously they used to do it. It's there used that. to be they used to at one point they were doing they were doing that stuff because they knew they needed to grow the game and it could be grown. And now they're just like like hockey sometimes drives me nuts where it's like, and that's why I think it's so interesting with baseball. Cause I'm sure hardcore baseball fans might feel the same way where it's like they use, they almost use the history, the long history of the game to like, as an excuse for like making progress. Like, like I, like I can't help when I'm in another topic we're going to bring up. I'll touch on it here. The fanatics partnership, in 24 25 we get 10 years of fanatics being the on ice uniform outfitter for the nhl i know you guys can hear my excitement i'm sure um but like i hold on i saw a quote from yeah gary bettman of course goes this expansion of our partnership with fanatics is a reflection of our shared commitment to innovation performance and serving our players and fans Really? The 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 Christmas cookie of apparel brands and you want to like it's the same shit. It's the same merch that people re- kind of really don't want to buy. Now it's just going to be the logo on the jerseys. I know they've been making baseball jerseys and then they just the Nike logo gets thrown on there. Is that something we're going to see? And I'm tying this in because it's like half-assed like it's just like for the public relations spin of innovation when it's just like, it doesn't feel like it. When you tell me Fanatics is going to be the jersey, the on ice jersey for 10 years, how about Mitchell and Ness? How about Jordan? How about New Balance? Like get companies that are doing cool shit in there. What What is Fanatics doing that is like groundbreaking? Does anybody know? Um, well, did I miss something? Like I'm genuinely asking at this point, because I don't know. It's it, but this is my point with it. It's stuff like this, where I feel like they use what's great about the game as an excuse to not try and improve it or see what can be better and see what can grow viewership. I'm, I just, it's, it's so funny. What did you, we just said that on a podcast that we're doing in our fucking apartments, boys. We said, we just eloquently laid out, thanks to John Tudor and such and company, that overall, when it's country best on best and there's that national pride thing to it, viewership goes up, the players want to do it, it raises up the game and the attention. But we're sitting here worried about money. When we're the NHL is already a league where the players don't make as much as the other big sports. It's just it's just like this weird cycle of just like I just don't get it. And it's frustrating. Yeah. So and and I just like I couldn't help but feel that when I'm watching how again, I'm looking at baseball where I'm like, oh, this is a sport that kind of gets ragged on in the national media when it comes to sports where everyone loves to gas up how wonderful the NBA is for the things they do. And the NFL is the biggest league on the planet, you know, and all this shit. And it's like, yeah, that, that that's all well and good. And I get why people say that, 
because they they it feels like in those sports though they at least in the NBA I will say they listen to the fans. Sometimes that's not for the best, but you found out and you can tweak it and improve from there and learn some things where it's just like, I don't know. Is, is, is fanatics the hire just because we know hockey jerseys are some of the, just at face value, some of the best looking uniforms in, in sports. We can, we can all agree on that. Right. Yep. Is, is that just why fanatics gets it? Cause it's a safe play. They're not going to try anything crazy. Are we going to just keep licensing out independent creators like Arizona is doing? You know what I mean? And all this stuff. So I guess we'll wait and see. But my initial thing is it's like, okay, I like this was my biggest fear when I heard they were not re-signing with Adidas was like, oh, I I just I already thought I was like, it's got to be fanatics, right? Like it's just it's too it's too NHL for the NHL to not do that. No, I was going to say, if if you've ever had anyone ask you what you'd like, maybe for like a birthday present or something, and you don't really tell people what you want unless they ask you, and like, no, tell me, like, I want to get something you like. And you tell them, and then they get you something that's like not even close, but it's like kind of in the ballpark. That's like what the NHL is doing. Like, they're like, hey, what do you guys want to improve on? And they're like, well, we're going to give you just a little bit of that, but it's not going to be anything that you want. We'll give it a little, but we're not going to give you a lot. But, like, that's the thing. Like, they're not listening. The you, know how we'll excite, well, you know how we'll excite them? We'll, we'll get the company that makes the mediocre merch that we get lit up for on Twitter anyways. We'll just put their logo on the jersey. And then everyone will get fired up. Yeah. Everyone will be really happy. It's, it's and, great. and we're going to sign it for 10 years. <laughs> that blows my mind is the term. The term gets me more than anything, but it's actually funny because I recently was, I was recently on the NHL shop uh, for pen stuff because before we went to Pittsburgh a few weeks ago for a game, this was like maybe a month and a half ago. Uh, Abby wanted a uh, a Penguins hoodie. She wanted like her own Penguins gear to wear to the game. So I was like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I go on I go on the website for the NHL shop to to look around to see what Pens gear I can find. And if you notice now, like all the pro sports leagues, it doesn't matter. Like MLB, like if I go on there for a new, you know, baseball apparel. Um, basketball i believe the guy that started fanatics is the owner of the 76ers um ruben i'm fairly certain Um, maybe i think you're right uh and then obviously the nhl all of those those league stores right you'll see like the powered by fanatics like michael logo michael ruben and i literally tell i had this conversation with my buddy yesterday i was like when i went on there to look for gear I specifically am scrolling past all of the Fanatics branded gear, which is now the majority of what's on there. And I'm looking for anything else I can find. If I can find a Nike or an Adidas or some other brand that's on there, I'm going to buy that hoodie or that t-shirt or that hat. I'm not buying the Fanatics branded one and it's tougher and tougher and tougher to avoid it on any of those sites now. But 
when you have fans that are going to the website and specifically trying to avoid this company's products because every time you order their products, the quality comes in and it's terrible. Why? Like, I'm now I'm sure that the on ice jerseys are going to be of high quality because they're going to do whatever they can for the on ice product, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. always going to be better because that's what they're giving the league, but I'm not convinced they're going to do anything else better. Yeah, exactly. The really nice, really expensive Jersey is still going to be really nicely made and really expensive. Right. And but Michael Rubin, um, your tutor, I just wanted to read an excerpt here via Wikipedia. Rubin was a partner of the Philadelphia 76ers basketball team from 2011 and the New Jersey Devils hockey team from 2013 before selling his ownership stakes in both franchises in June of 2022. In an interview with Fox Sports, Rubin attributed the sale to his focus on the expansion of his fanatics business. So. Shout out to Michael Rubin, though. Got to respect the hustle. Yeah, if he wants to hop on here and talk about Would it. Would love to talk to Michael Rubin. Uh, but I just say, yeah. Just be a sponge. It seems like one of those things that the NHL does. And quite honestly, guys, I'm getting sick of it. I'm getting, I'm getting sick of it because I'm in... I'm in these group. I'm in a couple group messages with some buddies who are not hockey guys, and they know how much I like hockey better than the NFL, better than the NBA, and they're constantly kind of trying to rile me up about it a little bit and talk about like how shit like the production is or something like that, and all true. This is this is yeah, and like this all is true, just by enough. The way. This is just like another one of those things. ESPN's deal and TNT's deal saved the fuck out of this league, man. I'm just getting so tired of defending, not even defending, but just... In a way you are, though. In a way, like the stupid decisions that the NHL makes that all of us are like, why is this a thing? None of your fans like this. But I, I'm still going to watch it because I just love the game so much. Right. But I'm getting so tired of it. I'm right there with you. That's why I bring these things up. Chat it out. Sometimes it feels better. Like when, they're, um, like when they've got playoff games for the NHL a couple of years ago scheduled on like true TV to play at 2 o'clock on a Tuesday. It's like, what, what are we doing? Wait, wasn't that was that that was the COVID? Wasn't that it was the it was part of the COVID year? But like, it was just it was one of those situations where it was like again, like the whole like. The I'm whole, not gonna. I'm gonna push back on that one because take me back to sitting here working at home and I turn to my left and I noon hits and I got hockey until ten. No, I'm with you. First, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm with you, but a lot of the arguments I hear, and it's the same thing with like even the ESPN deal, why so many people are irritated about that. Oh, the because, fucking blackout restrictions are so, absolutely out of control. So dude. to me, it's not even just that. It's the fact that, okay, as a younger hockey fan, it's convenient for me because I have my 499 ESPN Plus subscription. 
because I watch so many sports on it. And I love it because I like an out-of-market hockey team, so I get to watch all of their games for like five bucks a month. Yeah. But for a lot of people, their argument is either, one, you're an older fan and you don't subscribe to that or use the technology and you just want it on your cable package. Very rarely are these games actually on ESPN or ESPN2 on TV. So I thought, like, I was really excited because I thought it'd be more of it when they first signed the contract, and it's just not. But the other piece of it is, you know, you look at these other leagues that get the high viewership numbers. They're on ESPN. They're on ABC. They're on Fox. They're on CBS. Hockey's just not. Yeah. You get the you get the ABC Saturday afternoon Sunday afternoon game. Yeah, I mean I think it's going to keep improving. It's still the first year of the these new deals and everything, right? Or the second year, second year, right? Yeah, and, and I mean, granted, yeah, it is I, the second year. I think that hockey, what it does is it paints itself into this corner of. There are less hockey fans than there are of the other major sports, right? It is the smaller of the major sports in North America. But the fans that they do have are very diehard. So I think they almost just take that for granted. And, and they, they're scared they're to like, lose them. Well, no, it's not even that. It's just oh. they're not even worried, in my opinion, about the accessibility of watching a game where you have to go through these streaming services. Because in their mind, I think they're like, OK, like these these whack job hockey fans that just don't care about anything but hockey because, you know, they're they're a sick puppy that thinks Sidney Crosby is going to be winning Stanley Cups when he's 85 years old and never going to retire, um, don't talk about you know, like anymore. like me. Or, you know, these these nut job Sabre fans that have been watching bad teams for a decade that still get amped up on a Tuesday night for a nine o'clock puck drop against. You know why, Tudor? You know why, Tudor? Because what we got and the, the I'm sure the Bills fans will say it, too. But when it happens, when that corner is turning, guess what? The Sabres still might yet be ahead of the Bills. I don't know. I'd, I'd argue. I'm not that. sure. I'm but, really not sure. We cannot look at the Sabres right now, though. Don't unfairly judge them. They kind of – they really tailed off there. And we'll yeah. address that quick, you know. It's – listen, playoffs are out. It was fun while it lasted, but guess what? Everybody knows, and we said it before this year, the 23-24 is let's see it. So big year coming up, but – so many, so many, so many encouraging signs. And this is, it's funny because everyone will do that to like poke fun at the Sabres fans. Right. But you have to take into account that nobody truly realized, especially from the inside, how royally fucked up the organization was So from the inside. So if I can, if I could continue on that, Benny, and I didn't mean that to like poke fun at the Sabres or Sabres fans, but my point was to illustrate the idea that I don't think the NHL was that worried about the accessibility of watching the games because they knew that those those fans were going to find a way to watch the game, right? Like you're going to jump through hoops to find that stream 
because you care that much about that team where that that to me hurts the growth of watching the game right and that's kind of that growth is what we're talking about with these best on best tournaments because baseball in the summertime you turn on espn on sunday night baseball like you turn on fox there's baseball cbs has baseball like there's so many different opportunities to just casually throw a game on football every sunday TVs across America are dialed in and people are not even really paying attention to three quarters of the game. They're at the snack table or grabbing another beer, but the game's on. It's easy to get it. The NHL doesn't make it easy to access their product. And to me, that just makes it so it's like, we're not worried about it because even if we alienate our current fans, they love it so much and they're so diehard for this sport that they're going to deal with it anyway, whether they're buying Fanatics replica jerseys or they're buying the Adidas ones, they're still going to buy the jerseys and they're still going to find a way to stream the game somehow, some way where these other sports, they make it easy for casual fans to get involved. They make it easy for that person that's never really cared about or watched the sport to pick it up on a Sunday afternoon or whatever and say, oh, this is pretty cool. I want to watch more. No, there were yeah, shooting. My, my blood's boiling because it's yeah. like, duh. Like, yeah, we we like on what planet? I don't care what your goals are. Like, hey, I know we we have all this this these assets for our league essentially tied up in these streaming deals and these TV deals. Yet we still have this massive percentage of our fan base that illegally stream stuff because we have these stupid local these blackout restrictions for local people who don't have cable but they have ESPN Plus but they still can't watch the fucking game and all this stuff like figure it out do something fucking christ gary somebody hit someone you think it's a fucking coincidence i used gary for the name on that joke in the beginning of the fucking stream gary. oh. gary's always rattling my cage god gary? damn dude the good thing though i will say now that it's digested this fanatics thing tutor and willie Obviously, Michael Rubin's got some fucking stones. The guy's got some brains. Obviously, left pro sports to continue working in it, just doing a different thing. Like, that's what Fanatics is. They, that's like what they, they're officially licensed sports merchandise. That's a very cool niche thing that he saw an opportunity for. And he just signed a 10-year deal with the NHL, the biggest hockey league in the world. So... That part is in a way exciting. Hats off to Mr. Rubin. So, I mean, but I'm just saying, thank God there's a guy like that. And that's who's running the company that we make fun of. Because the other one we make fun of sometimes, I mean, who doesn't clown Gary Bettman? But I mean, come on, if it was up to that guy. being big shit dude and it's like it's almost like sometimes when i hear him talk i'm like dumbfounded it's it's just the, the things he says just do not match his actions yeah i'd say that's that's kind of a good bow does on gary it. have a term 
Yeah, it's called as long as the owners like me, I have a job. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe there should be a four year term limit. Fine, <laughs> <Not> commissioners. <laughs> there should be. I don't give That'd a shit about term limits for politicians. Give me term, term limits for commissioners. Yeah. Could you imagine? We have we have term limits for the fucking commissioners of the sports leagues before we have them for the fucking all the government branches. What a world. It's also, it's also important to remember too, right? Commissioners in every sport pretty much, maybe with the exception of Adam Silver in basketball, they're not liked, but they work for the owners. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. They don't, they don't work for the players. They don't work for the fans. They work for the owners. And the they their responsibility is to the owners. And what do the owners care about at the end of the day? It's dollars and cents. They don't is care it, about sense. Is, they it, want dollars. is it nice to win a championship? Absolutely. But the owner cares about winning a championship because it brings him more money, not for the glory of winning a championship. Yes. Oh, backwards. Some owners, it's different. I think. They just don't. Yeah, want you know what I mean? Mark players. Cuban. For example, you know, like there's examples of owners where it's like, all right, I know that guy did not get in it to make money. He already had it. He well, yeah, I mean, to, to be able to thing. buy a team, you have to have so much money. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's be let's be real. All of these owners, their team is not their source of income. They just want to rag on their other rich buddies about everything. I feel like it's just a game for them. Yeah. Don't you think in baseball they probably are like, <laughs> I'm right up against the cap, man. Should we, what cap? We don't have one. I'm set, we're, we're, I'm taking my payroll to 200 million. Oh, <laughs> you think you are? I'm going to 220. Then you got the Pittsburgh Pirates ordering off the dollar menu. <laughs> they take pride in it, man. They're uh, great not spending this much this year, guys. Most beautiful ballpark in baseball, and they pay they pay their guys like fifty bucks a season. I take uh, it. Get the Savannah bananas in there. Oh hell yeah! Give me more of that. Yeah, get them on the pod. That'd be a good time. Um, yeah, boys, we kind of fucking ripped it though. We can save that for the end. There, we touched on everything. I thought I think we wanted to touch on. Um. Any uh, positive thoughts, closing statements, opinions that you two want to leave the leave the fine folks with before we head out for this week? Anything? The joke, witty comment. I'm over jokes for today. I After guess we'll leave it one. at that. I <laughs> guess we'll leave it one. at that. Yeah, <laughs> that is what it is. You know, sometimes when the what. I was going to say, everyone, if you're making it this far, make sure you do the old YouTube stuff. Yeah, like and subscribe. Like it. Do, do all the stuff. Like Comment. And subscribe. Do it all. Helps us out. It's, it's free support. Like and subscribe. Do it. Do it right now. <laughs> Put them up. All right, boys. This was a fucking blast, like always. Everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Have a great rest of your week. Enjoy your weekends. And for the love of God, have fun. Live it. Just L-I-V-I-N. Thanks, everybody.
Peace.